Hey there, SLP. You are listening to this podcast, so I know that you love to listen to podcasts. And if that is the case, then I know that you are going to love my secret private podcast, Secondary Secrets for SLPs. It's six short episodes that will have you walking away feeling refreshed and inspired and ready to take on those challenging secondary speech students. So if you work with grades four through 12 and are in a planning rut or wanting some fresh new ideas to keep your students motivated, make sure you head to speechtimefun.com slash secondary secrets. You are not going to find this podcast in your iTunes podcast search browser. You can only get access by going to that link. So head to it now. It is six short episodes that you can listen to it in under an hour, like totally Netflix binge-worthy. I made this just for you, and I know you are going to love it. SLPs have been telling me already that it has changed their way for working with their older speech students. So head on over, again, to speechtimefund.com slash secondarysecrets, or use the link in the show notes, and I can't wait to hear what you think. Now let's head on to this week's episode of SLP Coffee Talk. You are listening to SLP Coffee Talk. I am your host, Hallie Sherman, and I am a licensed speech-language pathologist who is in the trenches working full-time in a public school in New York. I am the author of the blog and Teachers Pay Teachers store, Speech Time Fun, where I love helping other SLPs conquer the overwhelm and get back hours spent on prepping activities. I am here to help you be the best SLP you can be and have fun while doing it. Just like your morning cup of coffee, this podcast is just what you need to start the day or week. Let's jump into today's Coffee Talk. Hey, hey, and welcome to another episode of SLP Coffee Talk. Today, I have a teletherapy expert here to chat all about staying motivated and positive when it comes to teletherapy. I know a lot of us are sick and tired of teletherapy because of last school year. Some of us are still doing it, maybe doing it partially. Everyone's situations are a little bit different. So I thought, why not start the school year out strong with some positivity? And here I have Kendra Allison on the show. So hi, Kendra. How you doing, Ailey? Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Tell everyone a little bit about your background, your SLP history, and how you came to doing what you're doing today. Okay. Well, I am originally from Detroit. I came down to Charlotte, North Carolina area to start my professional career. I started working with a company and contracting to a school district, a very rural school district. I lived in Charlotte most of the time. I did try and live out there, but that didn't work out for me uh, for about six months. And so I had been working with the school district and also in an intermediate care facility and kind of like skilled nursing facility. And I've done some home health over there over time. So it's been about 15 years that I've been practicing. And at, in that 15 years, the bulk of it has been in the schools. And about... Two years ago, I was burned out from, mainly from the drive to school. And I, and I could give you more details, <laughs> but I basically put together a teletherapy program and started doing it. And then COVID came and shut things down. And so 
I was doing teletherapy just a little bit before everything um, happened. We all had to do teletherapy. So I've been a teletherapist officially for about a year and a half, close to two now. And over the time of working in the school district and working with the team of SLPs, my coworkers, I found myself being the one who was answering the questions a lot or being asked the questions a lot. And there was things about caseload management, workload management, compliance. What would you do with this, you know, a case study? And so I thought, you know, I kind of like telling people what to do. <laughs> and I like being seen as the authority on things. And not to say that I'm, I'm not an authority in the way that I know everything, but there are definitely certain aspects of what we do as school speech pathologists that I feel come naturally to me and pretty easily. So I was able to use that to help others. And so that's kind of how I got into coaching. And now I'm starting my own business and it has two sides. One side is the coaching and online course for other school speech pathologists. And the other side is the practice side of actually doing therapy with individual clients and uh, school contracts. Awesome. That's so amazing. So what is one challenge that you found yourself having when you first started doing teletherapy? The one challenge that I found myself having was, well, at first it was resources, being able to have platforms available to me. Because again, I started before COVID and came and shut down the schools. And so I was, I was very limited on, you know, like the platform I could use and I was converting a lot of my materials already to like a more of a digital space anyway, because I'm just kind of a tech person. And so it was the resources of, okay, I need this. I need the students to have that. I need this and pull that together and trying to explain to people what it was that I was doing because teletherapy, SLPs, we've, we've been doing it. So it's not totally new to us, but explaining it to, I was at first using the word telepractice and I was getting a lot of like stares while they're explaining it to teachers and administration and the IT department for the schools uh, to get things together. So that was the first obstacle was just having resources available and the silver lining in the dark COVID cloud, as uh, a friend of mine likes to say, is that once we all had to do teletherapy, I had more resources available to me. You know, people understood it more because they had. And then another challenge I would say has been really just rolling with the glitches that happen. I know that in speaking to other school speech pathologists who have been doing teletherapy with their students at home doing remote learning, some of the challenges have been getting the students and the parents to show up to the session. That wasn't something I had a big a hard time with. I don't know if it was because of the relationship I had established with my students and their parents, but I think it was a part of it was the way that I implement strategies and communication to hold them accountable for showing up. So we, I had very few missed sessions, but I do, I know that that's an obstacle and that was, you know, something that I dealt with, but it wasn't a huge obstacle for me. You have some tips on how someone can implement that on their own? Sure. And that is one of the, the features of my online course and my coaching is there's a whole module about accountability because we do have to build it and instill it into the, the parents and the students. So the first thing I would say is, as a tip, is to establish a direct connection with the parents. Usually in school speech therapy, we have very little to do with the parents. We 
do the therapy with the kids. We interact with the teacher to get progress and updates and schedule the meeting. And then scheduling the meeting is really, or that may be the only time that we really have direct interaction with the parents. And unless it's a, a student with specific needs and establishing more of a communication connection, especially like when their first school shutdown happened, I had gotten all of my parents' cell phone numbers and established with them as, okay, if I text you, do you respond to email or phone call? And I would just literally send them the calendar invitation and text them reminders. And I knew which parents, I learned which parents needed reminders and which ones didn't. And so the ones that needed a little bit more, I gave a little bit more. I'm like, if you're sick of me, show up to speech and we'll have to hear from me. <laughs> that is gear. That's a gear of being tired. If you're tired of <laughs> so, so yeah, but I kind of had to, you know, I may have been a little annoying, to, but I found that most of the parents were really, they probably felt like they were more annoying to me and they were pretty apologetic. I mean, I know we had a lot going, especially with parents in work situations and not having kids at home during that first round of shutdowns at the end of last school year. And so I know we had a lot going on. So I definitely wasn't hard on them and howled them over the head like, you missed speech. This is the most important thing today. I was, you know, just trying to impress upon them that, hey, I am trying to do my job, which is to schedule and reach out and do the best I can to get students to come and engage and work on their goals. And, you know, I want to help you help me. So let me know how I can help you help me help you, you know. And sometimes um, asking them, asking them how they want to be in, like, do they want text? Do they want a phone call? Do they want an email? Giving them that option makes them feel a little bit more empowered. So this way you're not totally pissing them off. Exactly. Yeah. Things like that. And asking them how often do they need a reminder, you know, and they told me, yeah, I do. Okay. I'll send you an email reminder. Do you need a text reminder? I'll text you a text reminder. Sometimes a smiley face at the end of that text just shows your friendly face. (laughs) True. True. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, I have kind of a sarcastic sense of humor, but I really don't take things so seriously. So I, I hopefully that came through with my communications. And I guess it must have, because like I said, my students, when they were at home, we had pretty good attendance. I mean, in some cases, the parents would tell me we can't because I have to work and they'll be at daycare. And I would, oh, that's another another thing too. For the kids who were remote learning, but not at home with the parent, maybe they went to daycare. I asked for permission to communicate with the daycare um, owner. I found a contact person and that's who I would set up their sessions. And again, for my students who were in this one daycare, like they were really good about getting the students on for all of their remote learning classes, including speech. That was a big accountability. That's strategy. huge. That's huge. And even sometimes those daycares don't even know, like, you might not have even thought of finding them a quiet space to log in with you and things and maybe an outlet so they can stay charged or what have you. And just have it. I love that idea of just me asking for, for permission to speak with whoever, wherever they are. Love that. Love that. Make it in work. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give to an SLP who was just so burnt out from last school year that the thought of doing it all over again makes them want to just go into that car and cry? (laughs) The first piece of advice I would say is to put your hands, your fingers together, raise them up, inhale. And exhale down with a whoosah. <laughs> now that the year is over, you know, take that time that you need to recharge as much as you can. 
and throughout the year, try to find the little pockets of time that you can to recharge, you know, however that is. I enjoy doing teletherapy and I, I enjoy being a school speech pathologist and I enjoy doing teletherapy. And I even still, you know, needed breaks from it. And so as I was working, I would take breaks in between sessions if I could. Sometimes I get real silly with it during my sessions. I'm a dancer, not by training, but <laughs> by interest. <laughs> I'm a dancer. I would incorporate dance and movement into my sessions and because I needed to do it. And I knew it was good for the students, too. So I would take those breaks whenever I could in between sessions. Or I had the benefit of being able to work from home remotely this year doing teletherapy because the school district that I worked in, they were in school. So most of my students were in school seated and I was doing therapy with them. But yeah, going outside and just literally looking at the the plants, looking at the plants and the weeds because, you know, we need both <laughs> to kind of get some some vitamin D, some natural recharging. And I would say, remember that you may have felt burnout by the circumstances of this year. But remember, I think we would feel burnout either way. Like every school year is tough. Every school year is trying, even an easy one. You have some challenging cases and moments. And so it's like, okay, I'm tired. I'm burnout from this year, but I'll be tired and burnout by the end of any school year. You know, it was just this year we had the additional component of teletherapy. So that, that's my second recommendation. The first one is to take the breaks, work in the breaks, look forward to breaks and, and things and recharge yourself. And the second one is to like, in flipping your perspective a bit, remember that you'd be tired and burn out <laughs> either way. But yes, this year was definitely more trying, especially if trying something new with teletherapy. And then my third recommendation for avoiding burnout is to, again, it's a perspective shift and looking at teletherapy as a tool for you to be more efficient. And that's one of the things that I really try to enforce when I'm coaching school SLPs is trying to look at teletherapy as this big daunting thing you got to try to figure out. you got to be super tech savvy. You don't. You just need to know a few basic things. And like I say, kiss. Keep it simple, sister or sir, you know. But not stupid. No, notice I didn't say stupid. <laughs> no, 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 no. Keep it simple. Keep it simple, SLP. You know, yeah. wherever you want to put this. <laughs> Love it. Keep it simple and try to view teletherapy as this great tool because even if you are, if you are in school located on site, you can still use teletherapy to see students at your other school site or throughout the school and it saves you time with having to walk all the way across the school because usually our speech closet is the farthest in the farthest point of the school from where most of our students are. When we only have 30 minutes to see them. <laughs> exactly. So you can work more efficiently using teletherapy because it does save you some of that transition time of going to get students or, you know, getting stopped in a hallway on the way to get students and travel time between schools. So just try to see it as a very efficient tool that you can use. And I love just knowing that all these tools that I learned to use, such as like Google Classroom and all these other things, you can still use it when you're back in person. Like say you have to cancel because you have an IEP meeting. Hey, I'm going to give asynchronous work so those kids, they're not missing out on time with me. So there's so many ways of, I love that perspective of it's not 
over and done with, you can still possibly use some of these skills and strategies and techniques. Continue. I love it. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's what I hope a lot of us will take from this year and a half experience of having to do teletherapy in, in most cases is that, you know, you just add it to your toolbox of ways that you can do therapy and ways that you could work. And, you know, it's like I said before, you just basically took what you were doing in person and put it to the computer and do it through the computer. And like I said, you know, you've learned new skills, maybe. Like the Google Classroom, I was using that before as a organization, asynchronous work, like you said, tactic before you know, before COVID and everything. And so, you know, we can keep using those things. I mean, and the teacher, the teachers are, so why can't wait? You know, they're still using all those strategies and tools because, hey, the district trained them on it. So they're going to still use it. They trend, moved all their lessons to digital. They're going to still do it. So why can't wait? Yeah. And do you have any idea of what your school district will be next year or how it's going to work or? We've been in person all year, so we had about maybe 15% of the case by the end was virtual. They just opted to be virtual the whole year, but word is that, and by the time this is airing, I'll know the answer to that, but I think they're not going to offer virtual anymore. It's going to be fully in person. The question is social distancing, masks, plexiglass. That's the questionable piece. Yeah. I've heard of, and I'm in North Carolina again, so I've heard that some of the districts are making like virtual academies. So it's not like you'll be a student at, at Dean's school. You won't be a student there and then doing remote or virtual, but you'll be a student at Dean's school or you'll go to Oakwood, Oakwood Virtual Academy. Mm. So it gives still the option for virtual learning, but in a different school, essentially. And from someone who was in person all year, I still used all of my digital resources in person. It allowed me to be paperless. It was easier for sanitizing in between all groups. My students are one-to-one. They had their old Chromebook. So we played cahoots. I gave them Google slide docs and jam boards and we were in person. And I plan to continue that for years on because they liked it. Their teachers are still doing that. And I didn't have to see the photocopy machine all year. It was fantastic. I know. I only used it just to copy paperwork, you mm-hmm. know, to send home and file. But yeah, I was afraid. To, I was afraid to touch it. So. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Definitely a lot of sanitizer, hand wash. But yeah, before before COVID came into our lives, I was kind of shifting all my as many of my activities and interventions to a digital space anyway. So just because I just like it. But all those reasons that you said, it's less to carry around. I could just carry around a, a Chromebook or a laptop. And, you know, if I went to see a kid outside of their class or had them come to me, I, you know, I have a mixture of activities. But, you know, it's, I've had questions from parents, like, how are they going to meet? So that's, it's a lot of education. You have to mm-hmm. explain to parents, what is teletherapy anyway? And how is it going to work? And this was early on, they do a lot of educating. Well, how is my kid going to do this and, and pay attention? And how are they going to sit in front of the computer for this long? And my response, is the kids are already drawn to technology and they want to engage in technology anyway. So, you know, we're using that first off. And then second, just think of teletherapy as an interactive, personalized TV show. 
You know, sometimes that's how I, that's how I approached up kind of putting on a show. And you know how Dora, when she asks a question to the audience and she breaks down a fourth wall and then she'll look and just kind of blink her eyes and wait for mm-hmm. what she assumes the kid on the other side of the screen answering the question. Hey, it's Blues, like Blues Blues does that and the Bubble Guppies does it. It drives my husband crazy, but it's, it, it works. My kids are screaming at the TV. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I kind of wish adult programming would talk to me more because I'm sitting there talking to it, you know. But <laughs> Why did you go through that door? You know, right. <laughs> now, you know, that didn't make any sense. Why did you say that? You know, so, you know, but so if we think about it like that, you know, as teletherapy is like an engaging show, except I know the kid's name, you know. Oh, sure. What do you want to say, Bryson? <laughs> you're, the, you're the YouTube channel that's talking back. Like... <laughs> I love that perspective. Right, all right. Keep them engaged. Dude, and even oh. if you're in person, they're like, you can still you Google Meet and be on different sides of the room. I, I, I know teachers this last year that use Google Meet to do small group instruction in a large class. Instead of having the kids come to a table and be all plus, like, close together, it's like, okay, log into the Meet. If it's your turn for like small reading groups. I was like, that's brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Why well, can't we do that? Yeah, exactly. With headphones, you play around a little bit with the placement of them because otherwise you have feedback with the headphones and the sound coming through different microphones. But yeah, sounds sounds. I love it. I love. What is your favorite digital tool? My favorite digital tool has been. I okay. I would say boom cards, but I kind of went to phases with it this year. I only use a certain activity for maybe a whole quarter. So really, it's been YouTube videos because, like I said, I like to dance. There are so many great short music videos that are educational on YouTube. And I use those as a tool to work on goals. And then I also use them as a reinforcement or break mm-hmm. from, you know, uh, other activities. And it, like I said, it gets me moving and, and it, it's a great motivator. So I love it. YouTube videos. YouTube, it- YouTube. And Go Noodles are great for like brain breaks. The teachers use them, so we can use them too. Mm-hmm. They're so fun. And have you ever used Flocabulary? I have. I didn't so much this year, but and I see that you post a lot of online, mm-hmm. uh, great online resources. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I got that. that it's always something new and something that we can do. So, like, even like the idea of, I feel, you know, tired with this activity. I'm bored with this set of things. I want to get something new. You know, with using digital activities, you could get all sorts of new things to do in activities without having to go buy things and have something else to take up space in your closet. Without having to wait two days for Amazon Prime to show up at your door. <laughs> exactly. Love it. Like, I just had an idea for this. Let me look and see. Is it on Teachers Pay Teachers? Oh, is it on Bullcrest? Is it on YouTube? And between all three of those, I can find something or I can just make something really quickly. I can make activities, you know, just like easy PDF things. Mm-hmm. I just, like I say, kiss, keep it simple, sister, you know? Love it. Love it. So my last question for you is, some, you mentioned that you do coaching and things like that. Who is someone that would benefit from, as an SLB, being coached? Great question. The person who feels overwhelmed with their workload and their caseload management who feels like there's so many kids, this caseload is so heavy. I barely have time to, you know, eat, rest, use the bathroom, do paperwork. That person would be great because I could 
show them the strategies and give a different perspective sometimes from what I feel like we have been trained to believe and how we need to work. You know, if that makes sense. Like I just, I just posted today or the other day about don't believe the hype. Like sometimes we feel like we have to be going above and beyond to be a good SLP, to be a good clinician or that, you know, we have to extend ourselves like certain stretch, but we don't, you know, I mean, I try to be minimal as it may sound negative to say, but I just try to do what I'm supposed to do, you know, um, which is the task that I need to get done for a case or to stay in compliance or to meet a goal. And so in some of my coaching does, does include like a counseling type of aspect of we don't need to stay until five o'clock every day. There's no, there's no reward for staying late. We don't get overtime. <laughs> it's not. We, right. And so if anything, like if as a, I was a contractor, so if I went over those, the, the school hours window, I got a little slap on the wrist. Like, why are you uh, working this late? And I was like, well, <laughs> you know, because I'm temporarily covering a third school that I need more time to, to work. And so, so my coaching would benefit that type of school speech pathologist. And it pretty much for a school speech, speech pathologist is where I'm focusing because I feel like um, of all the different types of SLPs, like we, it's, we probably have the most, I'm not going to say the most because I don't want to undermine another, another SLP setting, but we have a lot of work, workloads, caseload, imbalance, <laughs> and demands. And that's also where most of my experience is. So that's why I'm speaking to mostly all school speech pathologists with this round of coaching and the program. So that person, but also the person who's maybe been practicing for a few years and is burn out with what they've been doing and spinning, feeling like they're spinning their wheels because doing this traditional way of therapy is just draining them. And that's what happened to me, straining them and, and giving them a headache. And when I say traditional, I mean the t- traditional 30 minute groups. So my coaching could work for that person too. And then also a uh, school SLP who's new. And it's still trying to figure out, like, well, how do I pull this together? Because it's a lot to sort through and pull together to make your own program when you start off in the schools. I mean, I probably did something new for the first five or six years. And if I had had a coach or somebody to specifically work with me on what I could do that worked well for me and in strategies and organization, then that would have helped save me a couple of years of reinventing, reinventing, reinventing. So my coaching could really be beneficial for all three of those types of school SLPs. So where can people learn more about you and what you have to offer? Well, I have, I'm really active on Instagram. And on Instagram, I am at Kendra T. Allison. That's my name. And then also on YouTube, I have a YouTube channel that I started right after the school shutdowns because I was getting asked the same questions over and over about teletherapy specifically. So I started doing videos to help answer those questions and things. And so I post on there now pretty much the life and times of a school SLP. And I'm going to be giving more information about my coaching and things like that. So that's Kendra Allison. That's my YouTube channel. And then on Instagram, those are my two main platforms. I do have a website. And the website is all linked in through Instagram. So, you know, there's a website for the course, which is Kendra Allison. I think it's it com slash, you know, whatever. 
So that's on my Instagram link. <laughs> and we'll have links to everything in the show notes. So not to worry, everyone. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. Well, thank you so, so much. This was so helpful for anyone who's feeling a little overwhelmed about continuing doing teletherapy for this school year or just staying positive in general for this school year. So thank you so, so much. And I am going to end this episode with a joke like I always do to keep it positive, keep it interesting. How do you close a letter under the sea? How do you close a letter under the sea? You, oh, I know. It has to be something to do with a seal. Mm, you yeah. guessed it with a seal. <laughs> okay. And I thought that was perfect because, you know, the seal with a kiss. See, it all ties together. It all, all ties together. Thank you so much, Kendra. I really appreciate having you. And everyone listening, go say hi to Kendra on her Instagram. Send her a DM. Tell her what was a favorite tip you shared. Or let her know if you're burnt out or not. I don't know. Or just send her a kiss. Let's talk about it. Yeah, I'm doing discovery calls. Let's talk about it and see how I can help and what we can do together. Thank you so much for this opportunity. My pleasure. And until next week, everyone, stay out of trouble. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of SLP Coffee Talk. You can find all of the links and information mentioned in this episode at www.speechtimefun.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the show so you don't miss any future episodes. While you are there, it would mean the world to me if you would take a few seconds and leave me an honest review. See you next week with another episode full of fun, and inspiration from one SLP to another. Have fun, guys.